Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm excellent, Gio and Jones. How are you, boys? <laughs> We're doing Good, great, man. man. And uh, I'm sure that it pained you to see so much negative attention thrown at the Giants' offensive line the first two weeks of the season. Uh, you're not there anymore, but I'm sure you still take pride in that offensive line playing well. What's been your take on this offensive line so far in 2017? Well, obviously, you know, there is being a lot of heat and a lot of attention put on the Giants' offensive line. But, I mean, that's that's deservedly so. I mean, you know, when I was on the show with you guys uh, a couple weeks ago, we were talking about the same issue because of the preseason and last season. There's nothing that the Giants' offense or offensive line have done to make us think that things have changed from the 16th season and from preseason going now into week three at 0-2 into Philadelphia. So uh, for this group, I mean, in order for them to survive, they have got to get the offensive line going in the run game. That's the biggest issue. I get that you're in a West Coast system. I get you want to get the ball out of your hands. But if they're in third and long situations like they were last week, where it was third and 13, 28, 23, 10, 10, 10, 9, 9, 8, you're not going to win in the NFL when you're trying to play behind the chains like they have been. So, David, is it just a a talent issue or is it a coaching issue? Have you been able to pinpoint what the problem is with the O-line? Well, I mean, in regards to the offensive line, I mean, it is what it is. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. no changing at this point. So, you know, for people to say, oh, what can they do trade-wise? I mean, we'll see what happens. But this is the offensive line and this is the hand that the the Giants – has been dealt with the offensive line. Like I said, I think they need to incorporate more of, of Shane Smith, the fullback, and Rhett Ellison, the tight end, and make sure that they do something to get things going on first and second down. Because let's face it, the strength of that team is the defense. So if you're running a West Coast system and you're trying not to use all the time on the clock, and you're try- it's all about getting first downs. And when you put your, your defense in a position like they were against the Lions and like they were against the Dallas Cowboys, where they're on the field 20 minutes in the first half, you're wearing down your best asset because you're not being able to convert first downs and you're not going to be able to keep them fresh. So they've got to be able to incorporate more into the run game with their fullback and their tight end. I think that Orleans Darkwood should be able to play a lot more. Obviously, Paul Perkins has been the starter and Shane Vereen has been the slash, you know, running back, wide receiver, where they can move them around. But when you're in a, 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 a first-and-goal situation, you put Nor- Orleans Darkwin there more than Paul Perkins because Orleans Darkwin is your strongest, toughest runner. Ben McAdoo said that there could be more drastic changes this week. Nothing official yet, but he did mention that he would give up play-calling duties. Is that something that would make that much of a difference if you're still running the same offense? You know what? It, 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 sometimes it does and sometimes it doesn't. The times that it does is when you give your offensive coordinator, as in Mike Sullivan for the Giants, 
that you give him more reins, that you give him more of an opportunity to call the game in his manner because we in the offensive line room, when we, all five of us played together for a string of you know, 40, 50 games when we were rolling as a group, all five of us would be looking at the same play, at the same defense, at the same scheme, but each one of us could see something different than the other guy could not see. So for him, maybe giving up some reins to, to Mike Sullivan could be a good thing because you're going to get a different perspective and a different way to run things. But at the same time, for Mike Sullivan as the offensive coordinator, when he's calling things and when he's implementing things, who's it going to run through? It's going to run through the head coach, who's obviously Coach McAdoo's going to have his own opinions that are possibly going to overrule what's going to be taking place by the offensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eli, wrong to call him out or right move by McAdoo? I don't think it was the right move at all. Obviously, you know, when you're in a tough situation and there's a, a situation in the game like that where you take a delay of game, uh, where it's the crucial play of the game, obviously, you know, a lot of tension is going to be put at Eli as the veteran quarterback. But, B. Jones, you know when you're going into those situations, just like when you're going into a two-minute or, or you're going into a two-point conversion, there's always a either run-pass sequence or a pass-run sequence mm-hmm. where you're going to be able to alert it put yourself in the best position, but what does that take? It takes time, and you saw on the sidelines, they weren't 100% positive right away if they were going to go for the field goal, whether they were going to go for the touchdown. Then you send the call in, and you could see Eli communicating to the wide receivers, and everybody wasn't on the same page. So for him to call out Eli like that on that play, and we got to be specific. It wasn't on the entire game, which people have been drawn up on that specific play. You're talking about a quarterback in his entire career who has never called out his receivers for running the wrong routes and throwing a pick six or his offensive line not coming up with the protection. So for me, at that point, you win as a team and you lose as a team, and it wasn't only on Eli. G. Owen Jones with David Deal, former Giants offensive lineman, now with CBS Sports and Fox Sports. Uh, The Giants have the Eagles uh, in Philadelphia. It's the 0-3 short week. It's just a tough Tough matchup. Uh, what do you, have you seen from the Eagles? 0-2. Oh, oh you can't add that three. They have well, a hard <laughs> I should have said facing. That's what I, I, that's what I, I meant was facing 0-3. Oh, uh, to win this football game on Sunday. <laughs> I, was, I was sort of just paraphrasing that they're facing 0-3. Oh, is, is this still because I wore my Super Bowl ring? And no. The, the <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> no, I, not at all. I'm, I'm actually wearing a Super Bowl ring that I stole. Just because I was so, <laughs> I was so no, jealous I mean, of you. That's a, it's a great question. I mean, you know, when your backs are against the ball, and, and I've said this before, you know, all the outside looking in, they're not going to help with the solution. The people in that building, the coaches and the players have to come together. they got to hold each other accountable. And, you know, when things like this happen, like it did to us in 07, you know, we made a stand that when you walk into this building – there's no other distractions. There's nothing from the outside. It is all businesses and it's all football because you realize how special each and every opportunity it is. More importantly, you realize where you are in the season sitting at 0-2. You can't blame anybody else for this. You have to take accountability. And what you put on film thus far, we have to make corrections because, B. Jones, you know, the eye in the sky does not lie. Mm-hmm. And if you don't fix the corrections from the week before – and the week before that and from the preseason, for a defense like the Philadelphia Eagles and their defensive coordinator, Jim Schwartz, that could be blood in the water considering the fact that their defensive line 
between Fletcher Cox, Timmy Jernigan, you know, uh, Vinnie Curry, Brandon Graham, Chris Long. I mean, I can go on and on. These guys have a rotation inside where it's almost like a hockey line shift. You see three coming in, three coming out. They keep their defense fresh up front. And Jim Schwartz is an attacking defensive coordinator, so you know that they're going to try to put pressure in those A and B gaps and passing situations to either try to flush Eli to where the defensive ends are rushing or to try to cause an inaccurate throw because you've got people where you're at your feet and you can't plant your feet and set accurately like we know that Eli can when he does have his feet set. But when he doesn't, that's when that ball sails. That's when you have interceptions. And that's where you don't have conversions on third down. So they're definitely going to have to be able to run the ball first and second down. And they have to do it more than just two times. Because if you look at this season, they've only run the ball two times in a row twice. Wow. And that's not a, success, a recipe for success yeah. when you have an offensive line that needs that confidence and needs that help. And you have a defense that needs you to control the time of possession. So along the lines of Jim Schwartz trying to mirror what the Lions did to the Giants, did the Broncos crack the code on my Dallas Cowboys? Oh, man. You know, see, that's the thing. You know when you're going there that it's going to be a tough place to play. You know Denver on the defensive side of the ball flies around and swarms and makes plays. But, that's I mean, we all know that's the key. If you could pressure a quarterback and if you can honestly limit big plays like the Cowboys did and like the Lions did – sitting back in a, in a soft zone or, in a, a, a you know, making sure that they're not playing, you know, run and launch and, and covering from behind and playing trailing technique, if they can keep you in front of you, at least they're saying, hey, we're going to be a bend but don't break defense until you have an elite receiver like your Odell Beckham Jr. to take the top off to scare us because right now everybody's talking about, well, what happened to Evan Ingram, what happened to Sterling Shepard and Brandon Marshall, when all of those guys were brought in and signed, everybody said they're going to be great compliments to Odell Beckham Jr. because of the threat that he brings and how he scares defenses. When you heard that Aaron Hernandez news yesterday, did you think about it a lot, or was it just something that wasn't on your radar? I always think about former players when there's CTE news out there. Is it something that affects you personally or not? Well, obviously it does affect me personally because I'm part of that brotherhood and that fraternity of, of football players and NFL players that are currently in and NFL alumni. So, yes, of course it does to me. And the one thing that I said when we talked about it, when the statistic came out and the study came out, you know, that nine out of ten uh, former football players had CTE, my first thing was, you know, I completely see the danger of the sport and how violent of a game that it is, but also – I want to see studies of hockey players that have been checking each other and been on skates since they could walk or soccer players that have been heading the, the ball since they were four until we have a bigger sample size. I think then we'll have a better understanding of exactly where football is compared to every other sport. But when it came to this one, I just shook my head and cringed because it's taking away from all of those other people that have been greatly affected by CTE. You know, when you think about Aaron Hernandez, Number one, was he complaining when he got a five-year contract extension and got $40 million? Did that make him make the decisions that he's been making in regards to gang activity and all of the stuff off of the field since he was in high school going to, uh, to Florida where Urban Meyer tried to do everything that he could to help the kid? I mean, he, he roomed him with Tim Tebow to try helping him and his character and everything that he did off of the field. So for me to sit here and say that the CTE affected Aaron Hernandez. 
That's, I, I don't believe that one bit. Did he have the effects of it? Did he have CTE? Yes, he could have. But that didn't affect that he was the one going out and making the decisions to hang out with, with gangbangers and do all the other stuff off of the field, not to mention for their family. You know they're just looking at this as a way to make money. When Aaron Hernandez was first in jail and, and everything came out about his death, he couldn't have killed himself. There's no way that he would do that, this and that. And now you're saying, okay, he did kill himself for the benefit, or did kill himself for the benefit of now, it was for CTE, and we're going to try to cash in on it. Mm-hmm. So they're taking away from all those players and all those families that were affected by it in a true way that those decisions did not affect them because of what they were doing off of the field. This is a case where we know that everything was going on from the time that he got to Florida, and that's why he dropped in the 2010 draft. There's a reason why he was a first-round talent but wasn't picked by the Patriots until the fourth round because of all of the other off-of-the-field things that he did while he was still at Florida. Yeah, well said, man. We we agree with that, that you can't make the leap in a correlation between having CT and all the other incidents that occurred at Florida and then murdering someone uh, there in, in the Boston area. So uh, would agree with that. Uh, uh, back on the field, the game last night, uh, we, we always poo-poo the Thursday night matchup, but that was a pretty good one uh, from a point, uh, point scoring uh, tally. Uh, what did you make of that? And, and, and can this, can you, does this give you a belief in both of these organizations going forward? Well, you know, obviously I, I spent a lot of time watching this one. Last week I had the 49ers in Seattle, and then next week I actually have them again in Arizona against the Cardinals. So I watched that game heavily last night. In regards to the San Francisco 49ers, I, I believe that they're going heading on the right track and trending on the right track. Because if you look at the two weeks ago when they played the Seattle Seahawks to where they're playing now, the Rams, in regards to talent, I mean, their roster isn't even one-eighth of the talent of what was in Seattle. And and you could compare it to the Rams roster as well. So you've got to be excited about the way that they're trending. Even though they're not winning football games currently and they're sitting at 0-3, I honestly believe in what Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are doing there, changing the culture, changing the way that the players respond, changing the way that they're mentally focused for games. And I could see the difference. Their biggest thing is offensively, well, their quarterback right now is the Washington Redskins, let's be honest. They want to get Kirk Cousins and a different quarterback in there to run this West Coast system because Brian Hoyer is limited in what he does. And any time that he hits adversity, like he hit adversity early on in the game yesterday with the pick six, you could see that it affects the way that he runs the game and it affects the way that Kyle Shanahan can call the game because he's a, a, a head coach and a coordinator that wants to be aggressive but he can't be aggressive when he's got a, a quarterback that, that lets the, the bad and negative plays affect the rest of the game like he has. But I, I, I think that they're heading in the right direction. And in regards to the Rams, once again, you could see the complete difference in Jared Goff when Sean McVay is now the head coach in the system that they have in place. You see that he's making more accurate reads. They're giving him half-field half reads where it's one, two, dump it off or get rid of it. But the biggest factor is, is they have Todd Gurley running the football well. They've bolstered the offensive line. They've gotten more receivers that can block. So that's the biggest thing is if they get Todd Gurley going and getting the run game going, that takes the pressure off of Jared Goff to where he doesn't have to win games with his arms. That allows him to make better decisions with the football. The thing that you still need to see him make is 
just some better decisions, holding on to the football, taking you know sacks that he doesn't need to take because we saw in last night's game when he does use his legs and he does have that confidence, he can throw on the move, moving outside of the pocket. I mean, that's one of the things that we saw in Cal, but it's now just doing it all together at this consistent basis, and he's going to do that with experience and more game time. I'm kind of annoyed that Sean McVay's 31 years old and having this much <laughs> success so early. I mean, it's two You are one. a hater, man. Uh, just, you I hate old David Dill, the Super Bowl ring, now Sean McVay. Yeah, yeah you're right. I just, it's jealousy. It just runs through me like, like a river. Um, but, but, I mean, it, it says a lot about him as a person because, number one, in order for you to get that, obviously you have to have recommendations and a firm background of other coaches that are going to vouch for you as a person but also, it's, it, you have to speak about his leadership and his ability to command control. Because at 31, I mean, there's player on, players on his roster that are the same age as him. But yet he's able to command the respect. And number one, when he walks into the building, when he walks into those meeting rooms, there is not a single doubt of any of those players of who's in charge of what's taking place. So you said you're doing another game coming up soon for Fox, a 49er game, is that what you mentioned? Yeah, that's next week. This week I've got all the Giants pre- and post-game stuff uh, against the Eagles, and then next week uh, I'm back to uh, Fox and call them the uh, 49ers-Cardinals game. Okay, all right. Uh, quickly on the Cardinals, Carson Palmer, finished or not? Ah, uh, it's <laughs> – I mean, it's rough. You could see that even with him not practicing, him not being on a pitch count, I mean, they use like a virtual reality thing on Wednesdays for him – to go through stuff, but you could just see that he doesn't have his legs underneath him as much as he used to. And as quarterbacks, you know, a lot of people put a lot of emphasis on the arm and on the shoulder, which is a lot of it, but quarterbacks get their strength and velocity on their football by their legs and their core and be able to dip and rip a football. So, I mean, the fact that he's had so many injuries to his legs, limited playing time, I think it's definitely affected his football game and his long-term career in in the NFL. You were back on the field Monday night when the 2017 was honored, right? Yes. How was that? Oh, it was unbelievable. I mean, to be able to get back with all of those guys, uh, it, it was honestly, it was like we were, we never left. We couldn't believe it's already been 10 years, but all of us being able to share stories in the tunnel, laughing about it. You know, we were a team that just like this Giants team currently sat at 0-2, and we were down 17-3 to at halftime in Washington in, in week three. But we came together as a, as a team and as a group, and, and with our backs against the wall, the one thing that we held each other to is, is accountability, that you know, we, everybody knew what they were going to do, everybody knew their assignments, everybody was prepared, and everybody was ready to come out and fight because that's the biggest thing. In this game, in Philadelphia, adversity at some point is going to hit. Is this Giants team going to be able to rally around each other and stick with it and say, okay, we can come back for it? Or is that when that adversity hits, is it going to be, ah, uh, here we go again, and it's waiting for somebody to make a play instead of somebody stepping up and being like, give me the football. David, along those lines about holding each other accountable, if you're in that Cowboy locker room, do you go over to Ezekiel and all the other guys? Because we didn't see the whole 22. We couldn't tell how many guys were loafing on the, the interception. You know, you get sudden change like that. Everyone, everyone's got to get to that ball carrier except for maybe the quarterback. But would you go over there? It's better for you as a teammate to go to Ezekiel and, and, and put a bug in his ear about that, rather you than the coach? That, I think that Jason Garrett, by addressing it right away, and I think doing it the way that he did, Granted, you know, there's different circumstances. We talked about, you know, was it right for Coach McAdoo to call out, 
Eli Manning? And I said, no. Was it right for Jason Garrett to call out Ezekiel Elliott? Absolutely. As a football player and as a football unit, as an offense, anytime that ball is thrown as an offensive line, we used to always in practice and games, we used to yell cover. You cover five yards, Mm -hmm. you run to the football, you get your back or, or your wide receiver after they made a catch or a run out of that pile, and you get back to the huddle. That is said to everybody, and that is said to all the running backs, because that's what you do to cover. How would Ezekiel Elliott feel if I was one of his offensive linemen and on his first and second fumble the ball's rolling around and I put my hands on my hips and walked away? (laughs) He would be completely upset and mad at me that I quit on the play. Why is it any different that when your quarterback threw two interceptions and for the first time in your career, and we could go back to college, I mean, he's never dealt with losing, going back to Ohio State, dealing with now how the Cowboys played last year. When adversity hit, you saw a player quit on his teammates. And I don't care. I I saw Michael Irvin talking about it last night, and I, I understand he is not a quitter. He's a fighting football player. But on those two plays, he quit. Yep. B. Jones, what would you always hear? Defensive line coaches, linebackers. I better not see any loafs. I better not see any lack of efforts out here because you're quitting on the rest of your teammates. It's no different in this circumstance. So I I think it was right for Jason Garrett to call him out because there's nobody bigger than the team. And with everything else surrounding him with all the -the off-the-field stuff, you should take each and every opportunity you step on the field as it could be your last because you don't know what's going to happen with the legal case. So for you being out on the football field, and if the, this was the last game, and let's say Commissioner Goodell came out this week and said you couldn't play, is that the last thing you want people to think about you as on the football field? There you go, man. Great Dave, point. we love having you on, man. Thanks again for all the time. Hope to talk to you again soon. Thanks, fellas. Have a great Friday. All right, you, you too, too, man. And David Deal. Yeah, don't be a loafer. Two-time Super Bowl champion. Two-time. Two. Got to say like that. Two-time. 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 Yeah. Oh, say it with me. You teach me how to rap. I say you had to teach you how to do two times. Why is college game day in New York? I don't know. I was wondering about so that. Stupid. Why? Is, why is it? Why? Tell me why. Poo poo. Poo poo. Poo poo. Yeah. <laughs> two time we poo poo. I just don't. There's enough crap why? going on here. I know. I. It took don't me to an hour to get to forty sixth and sixth the other day. Don't go. And Hour because of all the crap that's going on yeah. in the city. You got to put this thing in here. There's not even a game. It's not a game anywhere near New York City. What's up with that? I mean, Rutgers. Who's Rutgers have? Uh, uh, Rutgers has Nebraska, Nebraska, but they're in Nebraska. They're in Nebraska. Oh, they're in Nebraska. Can't be Rutgers. Uh, who does Fordham have? Oh, come on. Could be Fordham. Just get it out of here. Uh, we're at Bryant tomorrow. At Bryant in Rhode Island. <laughs> yeah, it's not that. <laughs> at Bryant. Columbia what has the, Georgetown. Oh, oh, okay. Bryant, what? What? What, what is the? What's their mascot? Jeez. Do you even know that? Fordham grad. Gumbles. <laughs> oh boy! If there was still a Gottlieb Award, man. If there Thanks. was still a Gottlieb Award, oh, there it is. You better, there you have, <laughs> get out of here. You the are Bryant. <laughs> that is awful. That is such a Bryant joke. Ruben. Whoa! Whoa, homie. <laughs> All right. We're really late to the break. It's your fault. What happens if we just kept going to the end? Yeah, let's find out. Anything would happen. You want to just do that? Pete, is that okay if we just kept going, no breaks? No. <laughs>
Uh, I think we should do it. Oh, let's do it. Let's do it. Bogus, Come you on. Got the update or yeah, you want to go yeah. now? No, 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 don't. I don't have headphones. Let's <laughs> take a break. I it's think. Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. And the Jets, who play in New Jersey, in case you didn't notice, are 0 and 2 for the first time to 2007. They've allowed a league worse 370 rushing yards, and the Dolphins, in case you didn't know, are 1 and 0 on the season. That's right. Didn't play week one, played last week. <laughs> yep. Beat the Chargers, Young Ho with the miss. Yeah, Young young, young Ho, what's up with you now? You're going to be an old Ho real quick if you keep missing these kicks. You're going to be a broke Ho because you ain't going to have a job. You got to text, text Anthony Lynette right now. She's saying, this is what you got to say to your kicker. You're going to be a broke Ho if you keep missing these kicks. Oh my. We know it's Young Way. We know, yes. but it's spelled Young Ho, and yeah. that's the way we're going to say it because that's hilarious. Young Way is not as funny as Young Ho, as you well know. <laughs> you do Whoa. Whoa. Are, you, are you doing that yes. right? <laughs> Before I forget. It's 5, it's 5.30 in the morning. At least are you kidding when he wakes up? Oh, oh. <laughs> Put a smile on his face after 0-2. <laughs> it's just amazing. You think he'll actually laugh at that? Yes. Okay, good. Yeah, <laughs> tell your kicker. You got to tell me exactly what you're right. Um, hey, tell that kicker, <laughs> young ho, <laughs> he's going to be a broke ho. <laughs> keep missing kicks. He's going to be a broke ho. <laughs> hey, autocorrect stop. Damn it. <laughs> Uh, what did it want to change young ho to? <laughs> Middle-aged ho? <laughs> You're too old to be typing young said, ho. You want to call her now? <laughs> All right. <laughs> phone number comes up, right? <laughs> you, you probably have multiple young ho one, young ho two. Yeah. Blonde young ho. <laughs> Dominican young ho. This damn phone snitching on me. <laughs> Uh, That's just funny stuff. All right, Bogus, you got an update for us? I do. It changed young old to Tuffy. (laughs) Tuffy. Yeah. It's not even a word. Oh, boy, that's funny. All right, right, so here we go. The lead was 15 early in the fourth quarter on Thursday Night Football. Then it was two. It stayed two, and the Rams denied the Niners. Two-point try with 2.13 left, but then San Francisco recovered the onside kick. The last hope for the Niners, fourth and 20 at the 40. Hoyer with time. Pocket breaks down, and he's sacked. Aaron Donald got him. That's Kevin Kugler on Westwood 1. The Rams finally winning 41-39 at the Niners. Jared Goff threw for three scores, one of them to Todd Gurley, who also ran for 113 and a pair of touchdowns. The Niners didn't score once into the end zone. Reached the end zone. I combined two ways to say touchdown in their first two games. They got five of them last night, but they still lost and are now 0-3. Nebraska firing AD Sean Eichhorst in the wake of football's home loss to Northern Illinois on Saturday. An interim replacement was not named. Number 21, South Florida all over Tampa last night, and it sounded so good. Handoff. They run it up the middle. Darius Tice has a seam. He runs it right up the middle, and he's going to score. 37 yards. That's six for the Bulls. The fifth of the year for Darius Tice. Oh, Mike, you got to try to be that bad yeah. as an engineer. I mean, that is just, where is the guy? There's been so many lovely moments <laughs> said about me, <laughs> and I'm, I'm 
Ruth, isn't it? Isn't that what that is? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. like deathbed Babe Ruth. From 1936. <laughs> I can hear more of that yeah. than that highlight. The mic Hand done. off. They run it up the middle. Darius Tice has a scene. He- God, it hurts my ears. Uh, that was <laughs> Jim Luke, Jim Lauk, who might be good. We can't tell on the UFC radio, the USF radio network. Darius Tice running running for one seventeen and two scores his Bulls win their school record ninth straight forty three seven over the Owls. Javi Baez tied the game with a two out RBI single in the ninth. Chris Bryant won it in the tenth with a two run homer in Milwaukee five three. The final. The Cubs now lead those Brewers. By four and a half games for first in the Central. Milwaukee also stays one behind the Rockies for the second NL wild card. Colorado losing in San Diego 3 nothing, And Kyle Stanley leads after round one of the PGA Tours, the PGA's Tour Championship. But Jordan Spieth remains in control of the FedEx Cup at its $10 million payday. Spieth is three shots off the lead. Guys, stop the hammering! <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, that's amazing. That's going to go down as a, just an all-timer. Uh, quickly, before we take a break and then go to our picks, I found this really interesting. We are just talking about the Chargers and Anthony Lynn. This is Don Banks, who I guess works for The Athletic now. Also, maybe, he used to work for SI. Maybe he's not there anymore. The writers go back and forth everything. Mm-hmm. But he's been covering the NFL for a long, long time. This is him on 1090 AM, out the mighty 1090 out in San Diego, uh, saying that the NFL is already concerned about the Chargers in L.A. There are people in the league, and including the commissioner, they did not want to see San Diego forsaken. They they would rather there be a team in San Diego. If there's anything viable that they can find to put the, the league back into San Diego, I think they will they will be in in that camp strongly. But for them to be shocked, they just really weren't, I guess, seeing reality in advance because I think a lot of people went into this with rose colored glasses thinking um, that let alone the Rams would be an instant hit, you know, a second team could prosper and they're saying the right things now and they're going to keep a stiff upper lip and say that we knew that this was going to be a hard slog uphill. There's a lot of concern already. And there's a lot of people who are thinking, how can we put up with these optics for the next three years? If the chargers, can't improve the situation in Carson. Uh, this is if this is all true. This is something we said when they were moving and saying the fans are not going to drive up there. They're right. going to have a team there. They've got no history of fans in LA. I mean, if they're good, maybe, but still. Um, but if they're already concerned about this, I mean, isn't this the t- this is this classic reactive versus proactive yeah. thing? If all these people are so concerned about it. Yeah. And I know the city has a lot to do with it, and they voted down yeah. the new stadium. And right, but- they've had multiple opportunities to keep that team, and now you have seller's remorse, really? Hey, uh, it's a little late in the game, and, and we've talked to Dan Fouts and others about this, and, and of course, uh, he knows that community well. Uh, and and it, it didn't seem like I, – I know I didn't notice a lot of people crying and weeping when the team picked up and, and, and moved up north of San Diego, so I, I'm sure the league would love to have a team in San Diego. They, they would, and maybe, and we were discussing this yesterday, I said London would probably get a team. Maybe they get London and San Diego. Yeah, I just don't know how things change, though, when right. they try. It's not like Well, you don't miss the water to the, to the well runs dry, and, and now that they're actually gone, they've threatened to leave numerous times over the stadium or a lack thereof, a new uh, facility, and now that they're actually gone, maybe 
cooler heads and wiser heads will prevail. If they do go back, let's say after a year or two, that L.A. Chargers gear is going to be collector's item stuff. Because will it be worth anything? No, no. I, I mean it's just the fact me. it'll be it's worth something because it was such a colossal screw up. All of it, and mm-hmm. they should have never happened. All right, coming up next, we'll make our picks. I've got a commanding lead early in the season. I look to build on that after this. This is L.A. Chargers head coach Anthony Land, and you're listening to Gio and Jones on CBS Sports Radio. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. And my official picks have been pretty good. Uh, oh, shut up. I won nine out of twelve. Be, 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 be good. Been pretty good. Be good. So I'm five games below you. That's uh, all right. Yeah, four wins, I believe. So well, four n- below you and nine and three. Uh, I'm, I'm, uh, this I'm, is right, right, striking Mike. Distance. Nine and three, and he's five, six, and one. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Mike so. can't count. <laughs> I actually can count really well. Really? Yeah. I just can't read or write, but I'm actually pretty good at math. Oh, I used to be great at math, man. Forty-two times six calculus, man. Well, forty times six is two forty plus twelve, so two fifty-two. See, damn, Look boy. Uh, All right, get, get to the picks. <laughs> <laughs> you were just showing off your Rain Man right. capabilities, flexing your muscles, and you want us to get away from that. I'm humble. What's four plus four? Forty-four. <laughs> it is. <laughs> <laughs> All right, my music again because I'm leading. And I'm going to have another great week. Ah! And it starts <gasps> right now. Re- College football, first game, Georgia, minus four and a half against Mississippi State. I think that both of these teams are really good football teams. And Georgia running the football with a great run defense, I'm going to take every single time. Nick Chubb and the fifth best run defense in the nation. Mississippi State, not bad, 27th in run defense, and they're going to be throwing the ball a ton in this game. It's really going to be the ability for the Georgia defense to stop Fitzgerald because that's what they want to do. They want to be able to use him. This this game might be a little bit more high scoring than I'd like to see in this one, but this spread has come down. It's come down from six down to four and a half. Georgia will win this game by a touchdown. Chubb and that run defense. Mississippi State throttled LSU. We're going to see LSU have a really tough year. We're going to look back at that win by Mississippi State is not as impressive by the end of the year. Give me Georgia in this one, minus four and a half. There's a lot of reasons to like Kentucky this week against Florida. You have the fact that uh, it's been 30 years since they've beaten them. They're much better in turnover ratio. They're a team that is looked looked impressive last week. You also had a Hail Mary that you needed for Florida to win. So if you're you're thinking about how Kentucky looked against South Carolina as opposed to how Florida looked against Tennessee, momentum, sure. But it's been 30 years, for crying out loud. <laughs> and last year, I'm making a redemption pick here because I believed in Kentucky to cover two touchdowns, I think. I don't know what it was. It was a big spread, and I said they were going to do it. This was going to be the year, and they got throttled. So not doing it again. Florida minus one and a half on the road at Kentucky. And I'll make this quick because we're running out of time. we got a lot of picks. Uh, <laughs> Rutgers sucks. <laughs> I think that the players probably like Mike Riley, even though if he's not the greatest coach in the world. Seems like a real nice guy. And now he's on the hot seat. you got the AD fired. Minus 12 and a half. Rutgers going to Nebraska. See ya. Boom. 21 points. Uh, that's what I think they're going to win by. Give me Nebraska minus 12 and a half. Uh, 21 points. I hear you. Texas Tech at Houston. Cliff Kingsbury. 
I'm taking Texas Tech plus the six points. This would be a signature win for Kingsbury in this program. Look at this rush defense. This has been the worst rush defense, one of the worst in the country, the worst in the Big 12. They're only allowed 124 yards on the ground through three games. Only 124, folks. That's pretty damn good. Remember Arizona State waltz in there last week in Lubbock? You don't go to L.A. and think you're going to run all over Texas Tech. Not anymore. No way. Remember Balazs last year for Arizona State? Eight touchdowns he had against the Red Raiders. Mm-mm. These new Red Raiders, folks. They're going to get a win in H-Town. Washington at Colorado. This is a rematch of the Pac-12 championship game a year ago where Washington just put it on Colorado, knocking the quarterbacks out of the game while Steven Montez is the starter in this one. He's a pretty damn good quarterback. Played quite a bit last year uh, when Sefo Lefau would be injured. Now, I'm taking Colorado on the points, plus 11 and a half. This is going to be a close ball game. But watch that Dante Pettis for Washington. This cat can scoot eight career punt return. Mississippi State at Johnson, you must be crazy. I believe in this. Sure, I believe in Mississippi State Bulldog. And watch Jeffrey Simmons, number 94. Nobody can block him. Nobody wants to block him. Mississippi State and the four and a half. I'm taking it. All right, to the NFL, every logical reason I'm going against in this game. The Philadelphia Eagles have looked tremendous the first couple of weeks. Yeah, the game got out of hand against the Chiefs, so I think are really, really good last week. Giants are going on the road on a short week. They've looked like one of the worst teams in football. Uh, I just cannot see the Giants season being over before it starts. 0-2, you can climb out of that hole. 0-3, you're not climbing out of that hole. And the offense has been absolutely putrid. Eli Manning's been a big problem. The offensive line has been a big problem. They haven't been able to run the ball. They're going into Philadelphia. who has got just a, a renewed sense of purpose now. But Giants plus six, I think they go in there and they win the game. The Giants are going to be one and two. They cannot be 0-3. Divisional game, be very Giant-like for them to go in and win this game. The Atlanta Falcons might be the best team in football right now, and I know the Detroit Lions have been very good, and you like what Matt Stafford could do. That defense does not get enough credit. They turn the ball over. They are one of the better defenses that doesn't get any sort of pub, but the Atlanta Falcons are just too damn good, and I don't care where they're – if they're playing this game outside in the snow, on the ice, maybe – well, you're playing at a Ford Field. Give me Atlanta minus three. Uh, this one could get out of hand because they're that good. And I'm sorry, but, I mean, the Jets, they've played really well for what they are. They they really have. They've hung in there. I'll give them credit. They've been better than the Giants the first couple of weeks. And the fact that they were in the third quarter, it was 14-12 against the Raiders on the road. It's a hell of a lot better than I ever thought they were going to be. Saw Miami for the first, team last, first time last week against the Chargers. Jay Cutler looked good. And Jay Ajayi against the Jets in this spot. Oof. oof. I mean, it's going to get ugly. So uh, Miami wins by a couple touchdowns this one. Give me Miami minus six traveling to the Jets. Sorry, not sorry. You heard that song? Yeah. Pretty good song. It's a Demi Lovato. Yeah. Yeah, I like that song. Yeah. Okay, then. My turn. Dallas Cowboy. Go to Arizona. That's like. Second Dallas, the West Dallas, because you'll see a lot of Cowboys fans in the stadium like you do everywhere. They're America's team. They will right the ship. You will not shut down Zeke Elliott. No one will be loafing in this one. Cowboys minus three. I'm all over it. Cincinnati at Green Bay. Now, Green Bay, they had it handed to them by Atlanta. This defense for Cincinnati is good. Geno Atkins, one of the best in the business. He's right there with Aaron Donald. Been in the league longer than Aaron Donald. He is just as good. People need to take notice. He's going to be able to get some penetration. They will not be able to run the rock on this defense. And Andy Dalton, 
dare I say it, will play much better. I'm taking the nine in Cincinnati on the road. I don't care that they're at Lambeau Field. And finally, everyone poo-poos the Pittsburgh Steelers because they can't play on the road. That's right. They're going to play on the road versus Chi-Town. Chicago, Mike Lennon is exactly what they need on the road. He's going to give them a few, at least two picks, at least. I'm calling right now. I'm calling two picks. Mike Lennon is going to give to that secondary or a linebacker or maybe in the D-line. Let me just throw it in D-line's hands. I'm taking Pittsburgh that minus seven. Come on. Yeah, it's going to be an interesting one. I definitely think it's a Lev Bell game for sure. Yep. I'll give you my DraftKings lineup quickly. Come on. Give it to All me right, you real ready? quick. DraftKings this week. I could. I reserved a right to change this whole thing. Ready? Yep. Deshaun Kaiser as my quarterback. Okay. 5,000. Jay Ajayi, 7,700. Okay. Le'Veon Bell, 8,800. Amari Oof. Cooper, 7,100. Devin Funchess, 4,200. Rashard Higgins at 4,000 of the Browns. Right. Jack Doyle, 3,600. Ty Montgomery, 6,900. And I'm taking the Titans defense at 2,700. I like that. With Seattle traveling. Yeah. I like that Titans defense. So there you go. So we'll see if those wide receivers, those cheap wide receivers, end up doing something for me. But this is, you got those two running backs in those spots, Ajayi and Bell. You got to go that way. Ajayi's good, man. He is. He's very talented. Damn good. Ended up on the injury report, though. You got to pay attention to it. Oh, no, that doesn't matter. That's just for us gamblers or those gamblers. I don't gamble. Well, I'm talking about gambling here. So. All right, well, see you. See you later, man. Gio and Jones, talk to you Monday, CBS Sports Radio. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.